Jeff and I had run away for the weekend to one of our favorite lake resorts, one of those that was far enough out of the city that cell phones didn't work. It was a beautiful evening, and we had walked from our cabin down to the commons area, where an old-style chuck wagon dinner had been prepared. We landed at a picnic table with a mom and daughter who were on their own weekend getaway. As we visited, we discovered that we each homeschooled our kids. And when she found out we had launched our first, she very carefully asked if he was making it out there in the world. Her visible relief as we shared with her how well Jonathan was doing revealed an opportunity with the homeschool moms coming behind me to offer hope and encouragement by sharing what the finish line can look like. I'm your host, Julie Moore, and you're listening to the fourth episode of Beyond Curriculum, a podcast series about something often missing from the homeschool conversation, the perspectives and values that make it possible to cultivate lifelong learners. It's the homeschool story you rarely hear, the most open and honest account I can make about something that includes so much more than curriculum and lesson plan. Okay, so I asked Dad what it was like to be a homeschooled dad, and that ended up being an interesting question because neither one of us had really thought about it because it's always, what it's like to be a homeschooled mom? I guess maybe because it's always the moms that are talking. So, I pose the question to you. What is it like to be a homeschooled kid? This was the beginning of more than two hours of conversation around the dinner table with our four kids. Everyone had gathered for dinner, which at our house in this season of life is a rare treat. I pretty much hit the record button and the kids took it from there. What they shared was so great that I'm just going to get out of the way and let you listen in on their conversation. We're learning things that we wouldn't get the opportunity to learn if we were in school. This is Jenica. She's our third child and first daughter. She's almost 15 and working through what would be her freshman year of high school if she were in a traditional classroom. She works hard to ensure that she's living up to her own expectations of herself, a hard worker who is neat, orderly, and sweetly reliable. One of the things that is a lot different about homeschooling is that we get the opportunity to learn more like real life things like how to cook and how to clean and getting out in nature and all that that people in school don't typically learn until they're like in their 20s or whatever. They don't experience that kind of thing. Like they have chores occasionally, but that's about it. For us, the goal, us personally, not just your goal and thereby our goal, Mm -hmm. but our personal goal has always been to learn things, not to pass things and to get good grades and graduate. This is Joshua, second born, second son. He's 17, finished with high school, a few months into a film apprenticeship, while also working at a digital marketing firm as a web developer. You may remember from episode one, he's the one who introduced me to the idea of a documentary-style podcast. Joshua is creative, driven, and passionate about the possibilities for people around him. Um, because we haven't had specific grades given or grades in the sense of really even focusing on grade numbers like 6th, 7th, 8th grade, mm-hmm. where there's an obvious segmenting things and graduating from one class to another, all that has kind of been stripped <clears throat> away. And so we haven't really had the opportunity to make that our priority. Mm-hmm. And so instead, our focus has been forced to see, okay, 
the goal in what we're doing is for us to actually learn these things so that we can use them. Um, not just so that we can pass a class and get it, you know, a GED or whatever. One of the things I really appreciate about having been homeschooled is it allowed a lot of time for character training. That's Jonathan. You've heard the most about him because as the firstborn, he's had the lovely task of being our guinea pig for pretty much everything. We have a family joke that Jeff, Jonathan, and I grew up together, and that's not far from the truth. Jonathan is 21, just two years older than we were when we had him. He's successfully launched and has a full-time position with the same marketing firm as Joshua, where he's responsible for web development and PPC analysis. He's the quintessential firstborn, dependable, responsible, wants the rules to be followed and things to get done. So by being at home constantly with parents, they get to see all those patterns develop and then they can directly influence what happens. So what that's resulted in for me is you guys have really pushed my sense of self-motivation and then also helped me temper that with knowing when to tap other people for questions. It's also really taught me how to just work hard because homeschooling is not, or our, our homeschooling experience was not by any stretch of the imagination easy. It was, it was not a light load. It was just a different kind of load. And personally, I think the way that we did it made it a whole lot more easy to manage, but it was still a lot of work. I think a lot of what it takes to like be a homeschooler is just flexibility, which whenever I was really young, I didn't know anything different, so it didn't really matter. You could put a different math book in front of me each time and it'd be like, okay, sure, yeah, let's just you know, sit down and get it done. But once I started getting old enough to be able to get an idea of, oh, we're doing something different now, it just, it, it takes a lot of flexibility, which I think requires a lot of patience on both participants' parts. <laughs> so both the teacher and the taught. So um, that has been a very valuable lesson to learn. On the flip side, as a homeschooler, you have to be flexible, but you also get to be flexible. Um, so it requires having an attitude of being able to adapt to an ever-changing environment, but also there's an extreme amount of privilege and convenience that comes in, you know, I'm really struggling with this thing, or all of a sudden there's this thing that I have just need to devote more time to, and because of the way that we do things, we've always been able to shift stuff around, even if it's just changing the order that you do certain things where math is usually easier to do earlier in the day. Mm -hmm. So it's helpful to be able to shift that to be at a different time. Mm -hmm. um, and we have a lot more control over those kinds of things. There's some of my friends that know a lot of stuff that I don't know. But on the other hand, I also know, know stuff that they don't know. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's probably the equal <clears throat> level of facts that you know. Mm -hmm. It's just different categories. And this is Jordan. She's our youngest. At 12, she's working through what would be her first year of middle school if she were in a traditional classroom. 
Jordan is enthusiastic, lighthearted, and loves interacting with people. She usually reminds this driven family to lighten up and have some fun every now and then. And also, kind of like what Jenica said, we get to be able to do different things and have, in some cases, more opportunities than those that go to an actual school um, because we can go to the park on a Monday afternoon where some kids are still in classes or something. <coughs> so just knowing that it can be more than that just kind of makes me glad that I'm homeschooled. We have been very intentional to be involved in things besides just household training where we're very intentional to take up other opportunities that are going to give us that kind of training. There may be opportunities that y'all are not necessarily able to provide us, or there's not a reasonable way to do that, but that we've found, or that the Lord has provided opportunities for us to earn those things. And something really good there to just point out and put a spotlight on is because homeschooling and and learning can take place from so many sources the way that, that that you guys really approached teaching us because homeschooling is so multi-sourced it I, I think a natural byproduct of that is each time that we come to a certain circumstance we just kind of naturally fall into a learning mode so if if something is new and different then we try and figure it out, whether it be then, or if we need to go off and research something, or whatever the situation may call for, we're not just going to be like, oh, I don't understand that, and then not have a single other thought after that. It'll be more of a, and, and not to say that you can't get that from standard academia, but mm -hmm. I think just one of the natural byproducts, again, if you do it right, is that homeschooling will really develop a learner's mindset so far, they've hinted at a couple of these, but I really wanted to hear about the challenging parts of being homeschooled, not just the benefits. I was raised in public school, and I had just never taken the time to think about this lifestyle from their point of view, what they could navigate on their own, and what I should prepare them for ahead of time. I was a little surprised at what they mentioned. There's a lot of questions. Like... What is it that you do? <laughs> like, although, you know, I'm on school, they're like, so what does that mean? I never really know what to say. It's very hard to explain, at least from the child's point of view. I mean, I just do what she tells me to do. <laughs> and it takes forever just to explain. So anytime anybody asks me, I'm just like, <laughs> like I have to tell you this again. <laughs> For me, it wasn't so much not knowing what we were doing, but rather having a difficult time communicating it to other people mm -hmm. yeah. because it was so different. One of the biggest challenges in relating with my peers is when the group generally kind of all understands, oh yeah, we have all this homework to do and all these classes on our schedule and all of this stuff similar things that they're struggling with or things that they don't like about what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Specifically, like, homework. For us, everything is essentially the equivalent of a homework assignment. Mm -hmm. you know, there's not a classroom portion. And so, for people to say, oh, I have all this homework, like, that's what I do during the day. <laughs> so right. I, 
I can't relate with you on, oh yeah, that's so hard, and mm-hmm. because it's entirely different. Most of my friends, at least the friends in kind of like my age group, are homeschooled, and theirs are so different. Because most of my friends get like grades and stuff on their tests, and I'm like, how does that work? They're like, okay, so how do you, you, you don't get grades? And I'm like, no. They're like, then how do you learn? I don't. I don't know how to answer that question. I just, whenever they say, like, okay, so how do you know whenever a project's actually, like, done? I just say, whenever the assignment is complete. And just, whatever, at first you think, oh, yeah, you're just homeschooled, and it's a simple question, but whenever you actually go deep into it, you're just like, I actually don't know most of these questions and the answers to the questions about homeschooling. That's where it would become a little bit difficult to relate around school itself. Mm-hmm. But whenever other topics of school came up, whether it be like subject material or, you know, just various things like that, like what what are you actually learning? Mm-hmm. That I think was normal. Yeah. Because you're you're still learning. It's not like you're not learning just because you're not doing the standard process, but you're just learning in a different way. So whenever it came down to the method, that was what was different in the conversations. And fortunately, in a lot of the arenas that I grew up in, people were really accepting of that. So I didn't really have to deal much with, oh, you guys are weirdos or anything like that. One of the struggles that I think I have experienced in interacting with my public and private school friends is it can be easy to get into a natural mentality of we didn't do that, therefore that is wrong. Mm-hmm. and being inappropriately antagonistic against the public education system just because we don't do that. And, I'm, you know, there must have been a reason that mom and dad chose this, so that must be a wrong thing because mm-hmm. we're doing the right thing. Right. And that's just not the case. Mm-hmm. There are things that I see that are flawed in the public education system. There are things that I've seen that are flawed in the way that we've done things. Right. But this is what was right for us to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so so I think that the challenge is seeing here is specifically what I disagree with about the public education system versus I think that that is wrong and I think what I'm doing is right. As we were wrapping up the conversation, I asked each of the kids to take a few minutes and talk directly to the homeschool parents listening to the podcast. I asked them, What is the most important thing that you think they need to hear from their kids' perspective? Here's what they said. Just know that your children slash child is going through a lot of changes. Mm -hmm. It can be a little hard on them. Get to know your kid and their learning style and just know that if you have multiple children, each one is going to be different, so you can't use the same thing for each one because you're going to get some resistance from that and that's not going to be helpful towards the, the individual kids' education. There are things inevitably that they are struggling with and don't understand and need your help on, but they're not going to say anything about it mm-hmm. because that's not what comes naturally to them. Yeah. So you have to take the first step at least the first few times for them to understand, when I do this, I can ask for help and it will go better for me. Oftentimes, that's what got me into trouble is when I was struggling with something and I needed that verbally processing, but 
oftentimes you had just had a very full day of wrestling him <laughs> and wrestling one of the girls uh-huh. or dad has had a really tough day and so y'all are having to process that mm-hmm. and if i think that there's a chance that i can figure this out without having to be a problem for you mm-hmm. then i'm going to naturally want to do that mm-hmm. And eventually, sometimes that is helpful, but most times it builds a habit of, I don't go to you for a small inconvenience that would have been more efficient for me to go to you for, but it's not a huge life thing. Mm -hmm. And then eventually it's, here's this very significant internal struggle that I'm going through that I have no possible way of figuring out for myself, but I'm still trying to figure it out for myself because I've built this habit of not talking about it mm-hmm. and not asking for help because I don't want to inconvenience my very tired and sacrificial mother. And okay. the only way that I have seen that be fixed is by you taking the initiative to say, hey, it seems like you're struggling with something. Could you talk about that? And then I go, ah, yes, my entire life is crumbling down around me. Thank you for asking. <laughs> And then that reminds me to start building a habit of intentionally asking for help. But it usually comes as a result of you taking the initiative, being intentional to see into my life and not let me isolate myself. Don't lose sight of the relationship would be it in a nutshell. Um, (laughs) It's painfully obvious if you think about it, but it may also just be easy to miss in the moment, but your child is growing. So that means that developmentally, like physically, mentally, emotionally, they're, they're not staying the same. So that means that you are going to have to change how you relate Mm -hmm. to them. So specifically, and I think for most sons, they do hit that spot between about 10 and 15 where there is kind of that power struggle between mom and the son, mm-hmm. just trying to figure out, okay, how do we relate? What we, what we eventually came to understand was that there needs to be a fundamental shift in how the son relates to the mom and the mom relates to the son. And that's where I think a lot of people don't figure it out or they figure it out too late. Sons are not daughters. Yeah. And there is a very significant difference between a nine-year-old and a 13-year-old. Yeah. Just, I couldn't stress enough that what works for one child in one period of their life Mm -hmm. does not have any guarantee of working on another child in the same period of life, nor does it have any guarantee of working with the same child in a different period Mm -hmm. of life. Yeah. So... I think if you just constantly have in the back of your mind that you need to keep track of the relationship and then adjust yourself accordingly because the child is most certainly not mature enough to be able to change how they relate just on a whim. Right. Um, that That's your job as, as a parent to be able to see the needs of your kid and adjust your strategy accordingly. So, yeah, just keep the relationship in mind. So that's where we're going to leave it for now. I hope that as you've listened to just a small portion of a much larger conversation, you find yourself a little more hopeful and a little less worried about the future. 
But don't stop there. Pose these questions to your kids around your dinner table. Listen to their perspective on what they like about being homeschooled, what they find challenging about it, and what is the most important thing they think parents should know about being a homeschool kid. Then, share with all of us what you discovered in the comments section on the website or the Facebook page. Before we give you scenes from our next episode of Beyond Curriculum, I want to let you know, if you would like to help with this podcast, there are a few things you can do. The first is tell your friends. We've made it easy for you to share each episode right there from our website. Just go to beyondcurriculumpodcast.com, click on the episode you want to share, and then look for the share button in the top right corner of the episode player. From there, you can share the episode to your friends on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Google+, Pinterest, or even email. The second thing is, rate us on iTunes. The stronger our ratings, the more easily homeschool families just like yours will be able to find us in the podcast directory. The third thing you can do is donate to the making of this podcast. One-time or repeating donations of any size can be made. All you have to do is go to beyondcurriculumpodcast.com and click the button at the top right. Help to create this episode was provided by Laura Hobbs, Jeff and Joshua Moore, and Lydia Wong. We used original music by Jeff Moore, who also produced the episode. Special thanks to my kids, Jonathan, Joshua, Jenica, and Jordan. I literally couldn't have done it without you. Besides that, I think you're pretty great. Next time on Beyond Curriculum, the dinner conversation was so insightful and my kids had so many helpful things to share, particularly what daughters find helpful in homeschooling and how different that is from what sons need. Insight that falls into the category of, by the mercy of God we made it, but if I could go back and do some things differently, I would in a heartbeat. So I'm passing these hard-won lessons on to you ahead of time in two more episodes. I'm your host, Julie Moore. Thanks so much for listening. And don't forget to share your kids' perspectives on being homeschooled in the comments. We can't wait to hear what you discovered. See you next time.